0: Happy last day of September. Let's be real family, tomorrow starts October. I love October. I love fall. I love well for me, right? We have a little hobby farm starting to shut down the garden, the work starts to lessen. You can just come inside and start being cozy. Need to finish chopping firewood like I love winter. I know a lot of people in the Midwest are like, "We need to move south. It's too cold here." Um, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. I like the snow. I don't mind the cold, you know, the polar vortexes, those can go away. But zero and up, I'm good. 15 and up is like beautiful. So I love this change of season. It symbolizes so much, and we've talked about it before, symbolizes so much just in rhythms, in cycles, in energy, in what we're doing, and just a change and what change is and what it means and how it can be really, really hard. And in the end, it can also be really beautiful. But I'm not here to talk about seasons or fall, even though I'm like in the middle of harvesting all the apples and making all the apple things. And, oh, it just makes me happy. Okay. I don't know if you who are listening were able to join me as well as about 52 others. But we just finished up last weekend, our fourth Let the Women Retreat weekend We're already ready for next year. We've got the date set, September 22nd to the 24th. We've made room for more of you. Come and join us. We had a wonderful weekend away. This is more of a spiritual retreat, a little bit more downtime and calm, so you can have some time away with the Lord as well as with your friends. So, like, I don't schedule all your time for you. But we had a wonderful weekend away talking about spiritual warfare. And for those of you who weren't able to join us, I wanted to kind of recap some of the things that we had the opportunity to talk about when it comes to spiritual warfare. So one of the things that I wanted to make sure over the course of the weekend, we all walked away knowing (laughs) were that it's real. Spiritual warfare is real. It's not everything and it's not every bump along the road because there are natural consequences in this life. Sometimes we make foolish decisions or others make foolish decisions that affect us, and we have to deal with the consequences, there are natural consequences and personal responsibility in the world. Not everything is spiritual warfare, but there is indeed spiritual warfare. So within the Christian church, there does seem to be two kind of different camps on this, with a million positions in between. And there's one all the way on the end that's kind of like, oh yeah, spiritual warfare, I mean yeah, I believe it's real. Because we hear the word, it's a very christian thing, We've maybe even felt it and experienced it, but we don't really think much about it, don't really acknowledge it or live life with it as part of our worldview and our understanding of what is really going on around us. We just kind of go on and do our thing. And I would say that that's probably where I've spent most of my Christian walk up until the last couple of years, over there in that camp. And then there's one, you know, swing that pendulum all the way to the other side and it's. Maybe more of a charismatic movement where there's almost sort of this desire to engage in part of the spiritual world where everything seems like a demon and everything needs to be rebuked and everything is oppressing you. But the motivation there is to be engaged in that spiritual realm, which I don't think either one of these ends is overly healthy. I think we need to find a good space in the middle where we live in light of it, if it's part of our worldview as it was the authors and the readers and the hearers of Scripture. So if you go through Scripture, Old Testament especially, the ancient Hebrew worldview, the context in which they live, was that of an unseen realm. They fully believed, it was part of their daily life and belief and practices, that there was much happening around them in the unseen world. They thought that the sun, the moon, the stars were all individual deities. They all worshipped different gods. Things in their world happened, or so they thought and believed, for very specific unseen spiritual reasons. It's important to know this because you see it differently when you're reading the Old Testament and you're in the scriptures. And then when you start reading the New Testament and you hear the writers of the New Testament talking about giving concerns, giving helps, and tips, and commands, and like just really trying to encourage how to fight said spiritual warfare. It's because in their context, in their worldview, this was real. And this was every day. And it was part of their life and part of their thought. When I say spiritual warfare, what do you think? Where do you fall in that spectrum? How do you see it maybe possibly in your own life and in your worldview? I think it's important just to maybe take a minute to really think about like, okay, yeah, what do I think about that? Is it real? Is it something I'm afraid of? Is it something I ignore? Is it something I try to engage too much in or spend too much time studying? Like, where Where do I fall in that line? And then to move past that realization and just be like, okay, well, it's real. I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to participate in it, but I do need to be aware. I need to be informed. I need to be educated and prepared. And let's just maybe start with what the Bible says about spiritual warfare. Indeed, we know that it is part of our life. It lives where we live. It's not going anywhere. It's in the mundane. It's in the daily work. It can be experienced frequently. I think understanding the motive behind spiritual warfare is going to be key as we as we move forward, seeing it in scripture and understanding what role it has in our life is the devil is after ultimately our faith. And this is really what I wanted to make super important and clear at the retreat weekend. Like we need to leave here knowing that spiritual warfare attacks of the devil. It is after our faith. It isn't primarily or first after our marriage or our family or our children, our jobs, our relationships, your ministry. It's after your faith. All of those things are a means to an end. Those are the things that he's going to use to shake and to mess with, to try to get you to address or doubt your faith, to shake your faith, your loyalty, your steadfastness to God, your resolve in your relationship with him, your strength, your perseverance, your prayer life, your willingness to share the good news, our discipleship, our evangelism, our own testimony. The evil one will use all of these things in our lives that we hold so dear, and he's going to shake those and mess with those, but not for those things in and of themselves, but for our faith. So I want to make sure that we know he is after our heart. He's after our soul. He really wants to mess with our faith. And nothing and nothing is more important to him than that. He's looking for his own believers and followers. So we are going to read, well, I'm going to read to you, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Now, this is a very popular passage. It's putting on the armor of God. And there's a reason that our New Testament authors are writing this because it is necessary and because they have seen it. I'm going to read Ephesians six, ten through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, the words may be given to me in my opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So many words of stand, stand firm, persevere, standing, therefore stand fast. Like This is about standing our ground and being ready for the battle this is a fight. I have an episode. It's early on. It's called wartime versus peacetime. There is no peacetime in this life that we live as believers. The devil would have us think that because if it's peacetime, we get comfortable and we get complacent and we're not on our guard, but it's wartime. All day, every day, as we move through this Christian walk and having a relationship with the Lord, it is indeed wartime. There's spiritual warfare. And this passage is telling us over and over and over to stand, to stand firm, to keep standing, to be ready to stand. It says in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. The evil one wants to rattle your faith. He wants to get you to lower your shield, that shield that can extinguish all of their tricks and their schemes and their devices the thoughts of flaming arrows that they throw at you to try and manipulate and get you to think this way or that way. It's our faith that stops those things. It's taking every thought captive. In all circumstances, take up your shield of faith. Have you thought about it? Think about this picture. I mean, this is obviously a military picture. They're talking about all the military garb that everybody would know about. But if you're walking into battle without a shield, even if you've got the belt, and the sword and the helmet and and your breastplate what kind of defense do you have for those things coming from afar those flaming arrows your shield is powerful your shield is a big deal it is absolutely necessary it is what he wants you to drop is your shield of faith as we hang on to and stand firm lord willing and we persevere we're all while also praying for all the saints Holding our shield of faith, we also have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We will talk about that in another podcast. It is really important to me as we're standing and we are fighting and we have this focus on our faith that we make sure as we're standing that we are very much aware of the evils that are going on in the world around us. The devil, his principalities, his authorities, so many different areas where his influence can come, They use so many different avenues of confusion and distraction. They're masters of human behavior. While they cannot read our mind, Scripture is clear of that, they can affect our behavior and our thought. They've been practicing this from the beginning of time, perfecting their craft, most times slipping in quietly and completely undetected, and they're very, very good at it. It is important to me, and I hope it's important to you, to share with others that we all need to know that this warfare is real. It might be unseen but it's happening. And scripture made sure to tell us that. So I want to actually go through a couple passages real quick, just that we see the picture of the reality that, hey, scripture points out the fact that it exists. We're going to show you pictures. Like You need to be aware this isn't in your head. This is legit. There are things happening in the unseen realm constantly, that you don't get to see. Before the creation of this world, there were things going on in the unseen realm well before us. I'm going to read to you from 2 Kings 6, verses 15 to 19. This is in the story of Elisha and his servant. When the servant of the man of God, being Elisha, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? As they were surrounded. He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against them, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance to the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man who you seek. And he led them to Samaria. They were seeking him, but because they were blinded, Elisha was able to say, oh, let me take you where you need to go, not here. But the picture is one of, I think, a really, really powerful image that we could carry with us daily and just know we have this man and his servant in a town, in a house, in a city, and they have the army of Syria coming after them the king has commanded to go get him. Syria is a powerhouse, not a little town, a military powerhouse, and to be greatly feared. And the assistant was. He was greatly afraid because he saw their their chariots, their horses, their armies. And yet, in that moment, God opens the eyes of that servant to see just as many there to battle on their behalf in the unseen. Like, How crazy is that when you sit and you picture that? We see in the book of Daniel 10, a vision. Daniel is speaking to this, we'll call it an angel because it is indeed a messenger. And he's like, hey, sorry I'm late. And Daniel's like, I've been waiting for you. What's going on? He's like, I was held up for 21 days by the king of Persia and I had to wait for reinforcements to come and help me there so I could come here to you. He's like, oh, I have read that passage in studies a number of times, and it always blows me away because I'm like, okay, there are battles going on amongst the unseen forces, not just coming after us, but between the good and the evil in the unseen realm, they're battling. And in that particular passage in Daniel 10, if you go and take the time to read it, which you should, he's like, sorry, I was delayed. I was like, wait, and they can be delayed. <laughs> like... They're doing battle and sometimes they're not there, right? When you needed them, like what? It just makes you start thinking and picturing. In Revelations 12, we see a great battle happening in the heavens where Satan and the fallen angels, they lose and they're cast out of heaven. These battles are being waged amongst themselves on our behalf, but all in loyalty to the Lord and in rebellion to the Lord. It is spiritual warfare at all times. What's so comforting about all of this is we know the end. We have an enormous advantage and a blessing to look back on on history and all this to know that Jesus has indeed defeated evil. You'd like to think that they just give up. <laughs> I'm like, why are you still fighting? But there is always that rebel force right in the background trying to come back in any good fantasy or crime or action movie. Like, oh, no, no. I'm going to try to prolong this rule as long as possible. Because the devil knows that until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, which, which would mean until the whole world has heard about God, the battle still wages, and I still have time to win more souls, to wreak more havoc, and to make more unloyal to the Lord. They don't take no for an answer. They keep fighting. They don't care what the end game is. They're not going to give up because it's, it's their character. They're rebellious to the Lord. They can't just quick now switch sides. They have to keep fighting. They're here to fight, to win souls, and to shake your faith. Also, to shake the faith of your spouse, of your kids, of your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your community, and your culture. I think we could all agree, if we look around our community and our culture, we see that faith has been shook, that it has been disrupted, that it's been weakened, and the effects of spiritual warfare and the thoughts and the lies of the devil are pervasive in the culture in which we live. And sometimes even in our own hearts, we need to fight. We need to stand firm. The battle is real. It feels almost constant, but it is very current. Psalm thirty I'm always comforted by and I love it. It says, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. We're not fighting alone. The Lord has already gone before us. He's already out there. He's in the future. He knows what happens. It's already been won. He's also behind us. He hems us in on all sides. We're not fighting alone. We have the Lord on our side. We have, just like in Kings 2, an unseen angel armies. They're fighting. They're fighting in allegiance to God, his will, his plan, and his purposes. They tell us to do the same in James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. Stay allegiant to him. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is our fight. This is what the rest of the weekend of the retreat was spent digging into, which we're going to address here on the podcast over the next couple of weeks. We need to talk about our battle, our defense, what spiritual warfare is according to scripture, not necessarily about what it looks like in each individual life and circumstance. I know that was some of the feedback. They're like, yeah, but how do I apply it? Here's one of the things that I think we need to sit and be still with. It can be so hard to just sit and be calm and to take the word of the Lord and meditate on it enough to know how does this fit into my life? How does this affect me? I'm going to give you the truth of scripture of what it says about spiritual warfare. And you need to sit with it and meditate on it and pray about, okay, but Lord, How is this affecting me? What does this look like in my marriage? What does this look like in my parenting? What does this look like in my friendships and in my job? And how do I apply it? Like this is where the connection and the relationship with the Holy Spirit has to engage. I don't want to sit here and tell you how to do everything because I can't. I just can't. Our lives and our circumstances are always going to look different. So what we have is we have the word of truth and we start there. And then we take it and we allow God to keep using it in our life to keep speaking to us as we meditate on it so that we each are able to apply it into our circumstances. We are not going to talk about the means, all of the different ways that we can be shook. We're going to talk about the ends because the end is very much the same for all of us. It is about shaking that faith. The end is the fight to the good fight, to fight for our faith and in turn to fight for the faith of those around us. In First Samuel 17, we see the story of David and Goliath. And David is this young man bringing food to his brothers. And Goliath is there and he's been tempting and taunting and yelling. And everyone like, send somebody out. And David's like, I'll do it. And they're like, no, you can't. He said, no, seriously. Goliath, you fight with swords and words and all these things. But listen, the battle, this is the Lord's. And you see him turn and run into battle because he knows the battle is the Lord's. And because of that, he's not afraid. And he just charges right in. We fight to keep the enemy on his toes, to demolish, like like, get rid of any strongholds he has in us and then also in the world around us and in the relationships that we have. So we're going to look at how the devil tried to trip up Jesus in a couple weeks in the temptation or the testing of Jesus, both in Mark, Matthew, and Luke in the Synoptic Gospels. And we're going to talk about how we can resist the devil how we make him flee, and how we cause the enemies to scatter. If you have not heard it, I think I can put a link to it. I'll try. Maybe from my Amazon playlist. Ann Wilson has a song called Scatter, and it has been my war song a little bit, my battle cry for about the last month as so much spiritual warfare has accompanied me in preparing for a retreat on spiritual warfare. Of course it would it's a powerful song. Our job is to stand, to persevere, to fight, and to watch and make the enemies scatter. Because we're not alone. There are, the God of angel armies is with us. He's before us. He is behind us. And he lays his hand upon us. So ladies, I want you to be encouraged and not overwhelmed at the idea of spiritual warfare. We're going to continue to talk about it in the next couple weeks. But in the meantime, I would like to make you aware of a couple opportunities. I already mentioned it early on in the podcast that The retreat is coming again, the fifth year. I think it'll be our best one yet because I've learned a lot of things, like all the things not to do. So I think it's only gonna keep getting better. That's what I think. More spots are available. We had 53 this year. I'd love to see us get closer to 70, 75. If you came, come again. If you didn't, come for the first time, bring some friends and just be prepared for a wonderful, relaxing, calm, quiet weekend to refresh, to worship, to be encouraged, but to spend time with The Lord, and in the meantime, because that's a whole year away, I have opportunities where you can do that alongside others as well. So, coming up in November, I believe starts November twentieth, Sunday evenings, my favorite time of the year, Advent. We're going to start an Advent study. I will post information on my website and all of my social media, as well as once I get to that point, I'll put the link here in the show notes. Hope has come. Study by Daily Grace Company. We're going to do that four-week study, but we will meet five times starting November 20th, Sunday nights at Fox River Christian Church in Waukesha. I will post the link that you can register to that when it is ready, hopefully in this next week or so. Following that in January, possibly still Sunday nights, time and place to be determined at Fox River Christian Church. I'm going to be leading the Gospel on the Ground Bible study. It's the new study by Christy McClelland. If you haven't done any of her studies yet, she's amazing. She's considered a biblical culturalist. So she is going to come to any study with all of the context, all of the information you need to know of what life was like, what it looked like at the time, and how that affects the study and what you're reading when you dive into the Word of God. It's amazing. She has a study called Jesus and Women. I believe it was her first one. And if you haven't done it, I've done it twice now, and I do hope to do it again, (laughs) please go. Get a group together. Maybe I'll find somebody to lead one if you need, but you need to do it. It's absolutely amazing. And then you'll be a fangirl of hers, just like me. And then you'll want to come in January for this new study going through the Book of Acts. March, the first weekend of March, or the Friday, Saturday, the 3rd and the 4th, I will be hosting an in-person live stream of the IF gathering. Jenny Allen, if you're familiar with her, she has the IF ministry, IF equip. Every year they put on a big conference in Dallas. It is uh, a decent-sized conference in Dallas, but it is way bigger online all around the world. There are small if-locals, they call them, all over the place. And I've been hosting one for the last couple of years and want to make that available to all of you here to join us. So that's March 3rd and 4th of 2023, if-local. There are going to be more opportunities and studies and things coming up. So mark those things down. Stay tuned. I am going to... My goal is to start a monthly newsletter so I can share this information. If you are interested, go to social media, sign up, go to the website. When I can figure out how to put one of those things up where you can sign up for a monthly newsletter, put one, sign up there or I'll just start sending a bunch out to you. Anyway, give me your email if you want in social media and I will figure that out at some point, but maybe not today or tomorrow. Yeah, let's be honest. I haven't, the slightest idea when that may be so follow along follow me Instagram and Facebook Erica M Connor for all of the things if you would like to have information just for the retreat as well I have a separate social media account just for the retreat which is let the women retreat underscore after every word like let underscore the underscore women underscore retreat you get it on both Instagram and Facebook so check that out you'll be able to see pictures and some of the things that we did this year, as well as information as we plan ahead to next year, what I think we will be focusing on is a deep dive into the book of First Peter, that we will take our four sessions, maybe add a fifth, and just dive into scripture together, learn and practice tools to read and dive into and dig into scripture on our own. Like, let's learn how to do this so that when the weekend is over, you can go home and then you'll be prepared with the skills, tools, and resources to really dig deep into scripture on your own, and then maybe even jump into Second Peter following that. So that is the goal for next September, 22nd, 23rd, 24th of 2023. Mark your calendars, keep your eyes open, and stay tuned. Until next week, everyone, have a great, wonderful week with zero spiritual <laughs> warfare. Now that I said that out loud, a ton is going to happen. I'm sorry, but pray up. Pray up and ask God for help with your faith, for strength, for resolve, and for perseverance. I'm praying for you all this week. Have a good one.